Hey, what's going on? Hey, hey, everyone. Long time no see. Well, it's been a two, about what, two weeks? Yeah. We, we, we're on a roll in terms of never doing another show after the one that's been done within a week. And that's why we're so great at the algorithm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what? Uh, both of us, we have a lot going in our lives, so we can only do uh, what we can. You know what I mean? Uh, sometimes... Uh, Life gets a hold of you, and you just had to put everything else in the back seat. So, what are, are you trying to say that we are not trolls who just do this podcast and nothing else? Oh uh, well, I'm just trying to say that we are not grifters. <laughs> I'm just trying to say right. that we, we are real people with real life issues. So sometimes uh, you have right. to, yeah, prioritize things, and uh, not that. Uh, well, our, you know who is uh, real life uh, issues and real life uh, uh, feelings? Who? Uh, the woman from the Short Hills Mall in New Jersey, who oh, was cr- yeah. crying about someone rec- recording her. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw it. The Karen goes wild, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> should we call Karen Ultimate Mega Mix? Yeah, I, I know. We, we should have a. Actually, I've seen uh, several of them. There are so many Karen goes wild videos. The the one that I remember the most, and this is the most Karenesque of all Karens. Is the one when COVID first started, and you saw this woman going around with the camera, and she was trying to, uh, she was trying to, uh, t- and she wasn't even in like a publicly packed area. She was just in like a beach. There's like a fuckload of wind, and it's like a totally open air place. You know, I mean, uh, you know, Karens love science, but uh, where does the science uh, come to play in a beach? I don't know. But uh, anyway, she was uh, going around trying to. Uh, uh, trying to uh, you know uh, record people who are not wearing a mask uh, even though <laughs> there isn't another person like around them for like a f- 10 miles but somehow uh, she's now found her spirit animal she's found her power she's found uh, like, that's what the Karens love they just love the power right they just love to show the world that they've got something over somebody else uh, and that's what you know that's the most Karenesque of all Karen quality and this woman was just you know, going around with sort of a stick that was like six feet long and she had like the, her mobile, for her gimbal or whatever in her hand and she was just uh, taking photos of people who were not wearing masks. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that that to me is the pinnacle of uh, all Karen moments on YouTube, yeah. So where are these Karens now? I don't see any of them looking for people without masks and doing this stuff like they did last year. What happened? Yeah, I know, but... but, but you you got to be fair on Karen's because you have to understand that 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 was in 2020 when Donald Trump was the president. So a lot of that stuff had to be held accountable. But now that Joe Biden's the president, you don't have to worry about that stuff. And you can just let it go. It doesn't matter if, uh, you know, whole whole chamber full of Democrats are not wearing masks or it doesn't matter about uh, i mean it, 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 we can even speak the truth now even about the wuhan lab leak we, we are actually allowed to now uh, you know speak our minds uh, it's not like back in the day where we had to sort of not go beyond narratives you have to hold the narrative to make sure that joe biden wins and donald trump loses at all costs so yeah <laughs> so yeah i'm just i'm just playing i'm just being reasonable here but but you've forgotten about one important thing uh, Joe Biden is now saying that if you talk about anything that's medical misinformation about the virus, he's going to put a little addendum after your text message 
and the carrier is going to say, your uncle just texted you some COVID-19 information, but it's all bullshit. So this is like some kind of Stasi freaking Orwellian. They were promoting it at the, at the Jen Psaki podium just two days ago. Like she was like, we're in contact with all these cellular carriers. And if there's any medical misinformation going on on text messaging, we're going to, we're going to put a stop to that. And we're going to label it as misinformation. So now they're going to censor like text messages. Oh so, yeah, I, I saw Jane Pizaki, that video that's gone viral on Twitter. She's saying that we have we are working closely with all the yeah, CIA funded uh, <laughs> Facebook yeah. and all the and all the uh, social media companies. Uh, we, are, we are flagging anything that uh, uh, propagates misinformation. Uh, so I'm assuming that the lab leak theory is no longer misinformation, unlike the it was. Uh, uh, 20, you know, 24 uh, or, you know, 24 weeks ago, literally. Not even 24, I think it was 10 weeks ago, like two, two yeah. and a half, three months ago, it was, yeah. uh, was considered, on, yeah. uh, you know, third yeah. real issue. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, so it's now only thing that's misinformation is anything that's uh, not going to bulge the pockets of Pfizer because uh, it's all about the big pharma now, right? I mean, that is the misinformation. Misinformation is whatever that where that acts against the interests of the big pharma so aside from that uh, or, or even uh, misinformation is defending probably a bunch of people who are a bit, a bit anxious about losing their jobs from lockdowns and uh, everything else so th those that, that those are the misinformation everything else it's whatever you see fit but yeah i saw that video and jen pasaki I, I don't know you and i disagree but i still say smash <laughs> yeah so well, i don't know man like uh, look at this look at this uh you know, look at that photo of hers right i mean look what she says uh, how do i get here because uh, i'm white uh but uh i like what uh, greenwald <laughs> the, the, says he says the, the green serious green wall and going from green wall to the green top the green top looks pretty good there yeah say. but you know she she's she's kind of you know um as my friend austin would say She's a man, baby. I mean, she looks kind of mannish, but uh, just kidding. But uh, I like what Greenwald says here. He says, seriously, who the fuck is this White House to be dictating who should and should not be banned from social media platforms to keep lists of who they think are the spreaders of quote-unquote misinformation and then pressure companies they reg regulate to obey? This is pernicious shit. Hmm. And it's true, and it's all these brunch libs are just... I mean, who would have thought that the biggest bootlickers to power and you know freaking the first people to s offer up their wrists to be put in chains would be these f supposed liberals i mean they they it, i think it's a, it's a, it's such a party mentality you know they, it's literally team mentality they're, they're willing to be slaves to their own team to quote unquote win over maga or trump or whatever derangement they have going on oh yeah and uh, that is this just the thing so I'm so, I mean, I, I'm not surprised, but at the same time, when, when you see it unfold in your, in front of your own eyes, you, you do kind of, you still get that shock value and one of the, and because they're still keeping Trump alive somehow, you know, they got, they got their whole uh, life support system and it's always Trump. Even like yesterday I went to Apple News just to check. And uh, generally, I, I know the exact narrative whenever I go through Apple News. So it's, oh, yeah. it's always something along the lines of, oh, okay, Biden's the good guy. Biden's the hero. Okay, Trump. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there it is. There it is. There's Trump. There's Trump. There's Trump. There's Trump.
there, there's the Trump supporters. We got to prosecute them. And oh yeah, there, there's another word salad defending Biden. It's just that's just the only sort of narrative you need to know when you like scroll through Apple News right now, and it's pathetic. Yeah. And mm. I think uh, you, you were just talking about like uh, you said, uh, I forgot the word you use, but. Uh, you mentioned this uh, a few years ago, maybe about a year ago, when the primaries were going on in 2020. And uh, just when Biden had won, and he was talking to all these civil rights leaders, remember that? He had that Zoom call with them where he was, he was talking down to every single black person in the call. Yeah, and I remember and, uh, all I can remember, I remember very well that woman with the short hair and the black pearl, like the giant pearls around the neck. And the first thing I said is like, oh, tell me that this woman's soul cannot be corrupted. I mean, these are people that who have enjoyed this uh, position, a revered position for so long that they are sort of, they become the whales. And they are, you know, they, they're there to absorb all the perks and the dinners and the fine wine and the and the money and the bribery. The and the, yeah, yeah they, they are literally sort of like a placeholder for people like Biden to, uh, you know, uh, sort of uh, rely on when they want to create some kind of a public perception. That's what I remember. Well, that, 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 that's why I actually thought of what you said. And I really haven't followed the story very closely because yeah. I didn't do it only because Democrats tend to uh, cling to this voting rack, uh, voting acts, uh, uh, voting, sorry, not voting acts, voting rights, uh, st- uh, you know, issue uh, a lot. Primarily not because they care so much about the freedom to vote, they need their, you know, African-American base to win their elections, especially in gerrymandered districts. And I think, uh, so they're, they're trying to, I think in Texas, they're trying to, you know, strike down a bunch of these laws. So these Texas Democrats, every one of them who look like that Zoom call, right? Yeah. They decided to get on a plane and leave Texas so that they wouldn't be around for the vote. And I didn't follow it past that. And then I heard somewhere that these Texas lawmakers, like the Republicans, successfully yeah. passed a bill to arrest them when they come back <laughs> and i couldn't help but laugh because i was like you know what both these parties suck but it's going to be fun to see one i mean you have on one hand you have jen Psaki saying all right we're going to censor text messages and then you have these other lawmakers who are going to arrest more lawmakers and i didn't really think much of it anymore because if you remember uh right after the january 6th quote-unquote insurrection uh, and they're still uh, uh, along with trump that's another narrative they've been like you know trying to push as much as possible you must have heard about the dc cops using that two billion extra funding from aoc to spy yes. on every american and do all this shit but um c- coming back to the texas uh, democrats um uh i i just felt like you know what i mean let these guys you know they're they're both corrupt and you know um cory bush right after january 6th uh she had those uh bills ready those draft bills to uh, arrest, uh, to kick out like Justin Amash and all these other, and the other senator, I forget his name, the guy who's a libertarian, who who gave that symbol to the crowd while he was walking Josh, across the street. Josh Hawley. Josh Hawley, yeah, yeah. She wanted, to, she she had like a draft bill ready at like 12 o'clock that a.m., you know, right after the riot. And so this made me think like, you know what? Uh, they're all, they, both these parties are equally the same. I mean, one party's trying to arrest someone, the other one's trying to kick them out. So hell with... I mean, I mean, I, I don't think we should forget that as bad as Democrats are, Republicans are equally bad. It's not like they're much better, you know. They're just like the they're just like the wolf, and Democrats are like the fox. You know, you do, you see the wolf coming, but you don't see the fox coming. That's the difference. Imagine if you were like someone who grew up supporting Malcolm X, 
and i'm not talking to your shit lips fuck off i'm just talking to actual people <laughs> who uh, actually understood what the man was trying to say and then you see someone like Cory Bush and you know you put all your eggs in that basket and the first thing she does when she comes to you know first thing she uh first thing she does when she comes on uh you know like uh, first uh, comes to capitol hill is to talk about expelling republicans who yeah. uh, republicans who enabled a riot mind you a a grassroots fucking protest against the most elitist of the elite uh, establishment in the world not just in the united states the congress and yeah. uh, uh, imagine what you feel like i mean of course some of you would just go with it because you just hip hop ray hate republicans so much that you're like you know what i'm going to sort of ignore all the red lights the red flags that's uh, <laughs> racing all around my head right now but but if if you're one of those people who is immune to all that shit i mean if you're like someone like nico house i i'm not saying that he put his eggs on that basket but uh, someone who actually sees you know as an african american who sees everything <laughs> for what it is it, 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 that that sinking feeling i i can't even imagine it, that's that's what i that's and and she is in every way one of those whales and i don't literally mean because it's funny you mentioned her i mean yeah. you're right you're right yeah. about her but if yeah. you look at jordan charodin's reporting around yeah. the time brianna taylor got killed he actually interviewed her yeah in uh, i think she's from uh, she's from missouri right st louis or whatever i think yeah. she's from around there and he, even he mentioned he said he's so disappointed because he, when i interviewed her she was a completely different person and it took what like 3 seconds in congress to act like nancy pelosi's bitch oh god it was it was so I mean that that's what makes me cringe. I mean uh, absolutely radical shit doesn't make me cringe. I mean I'm 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 not into that stuff as you know but at, at least I know there is some sort of purity in that thought. So but but when you see that that type of uh, when you see that you are acting on the interest of uh, something that's not pure sort of like bane. You know what I mean? Like a uh, from dark night rise and we should get into this sorry sorry oh, for yeah, the yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and now you've been on that uh, all week yes sorry sorry for that uh, deflection but uh, yeah sorry for that tangent but uh, I, i absolutely want to talk about it but it, that's just what i tangents. yeah they absolutely that's just what i feel like because you know like when you watch dark night rises you're like oh fuck i love bane i mean he's he he's a bad dude he's an evil dude but He, he's at, yeah he's at least you know he's just at least idealist his idea um, he's an idealist that's actually not uh, he, uh, corrupted by by fakery you know what i mean but then of course in the end you find out that he's just pussy whipped and he's uh, co-opted <laughs> by <laughs> talia guri yeah that's right that yeah. chick so yeah. uh, but but uh, in many ways you know i saw a lot of uh, articles on the internet criticizing dark night rises because bane actually did eventually disappoint their viewers when when that ultimate twist in the plot came but then i was telling myself is that sub- are we supposed to be disappointed by that because that is just how the reality is you know every time you come across someone that you feel like this grassroots sort of a very genuine idealist uh, you know very pure in their thoughts and beliefs you find out that at uh, they actually propped up even it's bernie or aoc or the squad or whatever out there fuck out there 
you can see that these people are being co-opted and they they yep. have been propped up by people who don't have those style i mean people who have a view that's actually you can't support you know just it's really uh, incubator it, lab yeah yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> so when we realized in the end that the bane was pussy whip that's exactly what you i'm sure that a lot of those uh, people that uh, believed in people like Cory Bush felt yeah exactly uh, but that movie does drive home a real uh, important point it's think of the bane uh you know with the part where he takes over the city and the people are just like you know he's got his followers just running you know uh, having those public courts and uh, the scarecrows like the judge and stuff like that uh, yeah. that that's sort of a sort of like a synology towards like the January 6th right right mm -hmm. uh, i remember seeing uh, footage from not only status quo because that guy's cameraman was right there we also had uh, ben uh, we also had uh, max from uh, um the gray zone out there as well along with Jason Burmes they were all there right with their cameras and recording everything and a whole lot of people were just pissed man i mean it's a kind of ride that should have been should have been uh, attended by the entire country because you know what it, it was just very disappointing to see this happen for the sake of one like orange cheeto and you got to give him you know credit for brainwashing a whole bunch of people to freaking attack congress i mean you, you they should, there's there's a lot more important things you can attack congress for but they did it for this guy but along with those people we had like people with real issues and the worst part of the whole thing was once the whole thing got over the fbi along with fucking huffington post and uh, the daily shit beast were advertising on in the press like hey listen let's catch these people help the fbi uh, and arrest some grandmother in the middle of nowhere because all they did was happen to be there you know like they treated like that whole capital thing to be like the worst thing ever when by any metric what the people in the capital are doing to the rest of the country are like literally the equal to war crimes compared to what the people did that day but they've turned it they've flipped it around i mean i i know i personally know a bunch of people that uh, along with trump the january 6th was like some other thing to get uh, broken brained about so it's just it's just really it's like it's like the perfect gift for democrats i mean trump couldn't have helped them better in fact and i won't be surprised if he got paid off to do it but whatever yeah i won't be surprised either. that's what i always tell my friends who are sort of die hard trump supporters when we look at everything that trump's done i mean okay do you think that he's actually an outs outsider so for do you think that he was actually doing anything different because uh, think about the fact that he signed uh, okay let's talk about the most sacred of all sacred things of the conservative the first amendment he signed a law into the legislature about anti-semitism in campuses in university campuses so basically you know like uh, no we, we let's just say okay anti-semitism is bad all right and all that shit but you signed a law that says that we are going to impine we are going to uh, uh, you, we are going to take your freedom of speech away <laughs> at the at the places where the freedom of speech matters the most the university campus and we are, we are you know like so so even in terms of the first amendment Trump's fucked up and you can see that the the governor of Texas is sort of acting on behalf of Trump when he, when he called on against the gap for doing the same thing you know what i mean so so he, this is an extension of Trump so so Trump has in in uh, the most direct way he's been responsible for uh, the eroding the freedom of speech uh, you know like the first amendment in fact Uh, and uh, even uh, in other ways like w w when you look at uh, 
uh, what Trump's done. So, so you know, I would like, for example, I have all these people in my church and all sometimes they talk about, you know, you know, Trump, he stood up for political correctness, he stood up for this, he stood up for that. And I always start asking, did he do? Because now that Trump's gone, uh, things are far worse than it ever was because uh, you people, you know, for, for whatever your beliefs or your lifestyles or your your traditions are attacked more than ever now, you know, in a way that it was unprecedented. Because <laughs> And Trump sort of made that happen because he sort of gave uh, the rest of the world a sort of a pass or a justification to, inf to infringe upon your rights, uh, which didn't happen, which was sort of in a crazy way, uh, uh, you know, balanced or gridlocked. Uh, in, in the past, you know, so the, it was sort of everything was checked, but now it's not the case. Now, now you're seeing all these people who used to call themselves as rational leftists in the past, uh, okay with surveillance states, okay with this, okay with uh, 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 you know laws being signed, uh, draconian laws being signed. So, so has Trump done anything for you? No, and and has he has he even done anything in terms of ending wars around the world that he said he would? No, he didn't do shit. In fact, uh, uh, recently when I saw that uh, Biden was uh, ahead of schedule in withdrawing forces from Afghanistan, so I, I saw a lot of Trump supporters say, "Oh, you know that's just Trump's work uh, being manifested into action because he was the one who organized the." Afghanistan withdrawal ban and I just, I'm like you know I don't see it I just thought that for the four years Trump was there he always talked about you know we are going to withdraw from Syria we're going to withdraw from Afghanistan but all he, all he ever did was use it as leverage and he never really you know did anything about it he, he would say that he would do something then he wouldn't because he would feel pressure then he'll cuck out and that's what he did he cucked out on so many uh, so many issues like that uh, whether it was uh, when uh, when they were like uh, you know you know the uh, the Washington uh, was locked down. I, I, what do you call it? Uh, yeah, I think uh, when the whole Congress was shut down for. Um, oh for the, the okay yeah when when they don't meet their spending uh, thing. Yeah yeah, uh, yeah 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 yeah. So he would come out strong say okay the, so, so the, yeah, yeah the, so the whole thing is shut down. But then three weeks later, he you can see that he's completely cucked out because uh, he oh, yeah. just uh, he he can't keep up with Nancy Pelosi in terms of stamina, you know. So somehow. Oh yeah, uh, I mean, I, I would exactly. get shit lips telling me, yeah. "Hey, look, Nancy Pelosi, look at that picture where she's pointing at him." Yeah. And I, it's it's such a dichotomy because Trump. I don't know if our listeners know this, but he was the first non-CFR endorsed president in a hundred years. That means the CFR has got its tentacles in every single presidential candidate and president in the last hundred years. So the foreign policy part of it is always keep the wars going, keep the you know the empire flowing, all that stuff. And this guy, as uh, the funny thing is, like he broke so many brains that people didn't seem to think that the sec the defense secretary and the Pentagon going against the United States president was a big deal. And it was. He's a president for a goddamn reason. And, you know, you don't see the Biden, uh, you know, you don't see anyone combating Biden because Biden's all for these wars. And, he's, and uh, you know, in terms of uh, the Afghanistan withdrawal, Biden's clever. Most people don't know this. There's over 10,000 mercenaries in, in, in Afghanistan, right? They don't need troops there. They just need their CIA contractors 
and Elon Musk people and everybody yeah. else in there extracting all the mineral wealth out of Afghanistan and keep the poppy fields growing for all CIA drug trade to keep happening forever. So, you know, uh, but the the newspaper can say, hey, we we're out of Afghanistan. The U.S. has finally left and blah, blah, blah. And Biden's the greatest. So you can see, um, you know, how that how that how that is. Yeah, I actually I did uh, read about that. So uh, in terms of uh, Biden leaving in terms of Biden leaving uh, Afghanistan. So, okay, so this is actually happening uh, uh, in a way that I myself have been quite surprised by. Like, uh, it, it is happening uh, ahead of schedule. So, because they said that they are going to make this happen by, uh, uh, when was it? The, the 11th, September 11th is when the official Oh, date. yeah, what a date, right? Yeah, so, yeah, so <laughs> September 11th is when Same. officially... But it is it is happening like way in advance. Okay, and I'm not look uh, like because we are called beyond narratives. We are going to stick to that title. Okay, we are going to say yeah, good on you. You know, good on you for doing that. Yeah, I, I don't know about the there there are going to be consequences, good and bad. But whatever you know, this is I think uh, when you all it's things considered, bad. all things considered, you know, when when you take everything into account, the great equation, this is a good decision. So yeah, get the fuck out of there. That's all right, okay? So yeah, the Taliban might go and do some horrible things. Uh, we don't know. Oh, they're going to take know. over the whole we country. Don't know. Yeah, we, we don't know. They, 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 we, we have no control over what Taliban does. They are an untamed beast. So yeah, so shit's going to happen. That that's, that's there. But this is a good decision. So good on them for sticking with this and go, going ahead of schedule. But why are they doing this is another whole question, okay? So... We know for one reason that Joe Biden is uh, all. This is like the corrupt accountant in a big corporation. They're just moving the numbers. What are they moving the numbers for? So we know for a fact that they are taking their focus out of uh, this whole Muslim hate and the Middle East, and they're focusing it now on Russia and China and all around Asia. We know that because uh, in 2016 or 17 they signed a. Signed a tree, uh, signed, signed a law called ASEA. I think a, it's called ASEA, yeah. which means yeah. that they're going to prop up all the countries like you know, hello Sri Lanka, you know, yeah, where I'm from, or Bangladesh, <laughs> and every all the yeah. other countries. So they're going to prop up our militaries, and we are going to be pointing guns at guess which two countries. That's right, and Russia. China and Russia. Yeah, so so China and Russia is now their focus because. Now they have bigger fish to fry, so Middle East doesn't mean anything to them anymore. So they're and, moving and Middle, on basically. Yeah, because Middle East doesn't there. really. Yeah, Middle East doesn't because Middle East. Have, what, what did Middle East have that uh, America needed in the past? That was oil. But now we are moving into the whole uh, renewable energy sector. So uh, okay, so let's talk about that. Yeah, renewable energy sector. This is the new uh, war because this is where all the money is now. The cobalt, the fucking. You know, what's that other metal that... Um, uh, yeah, yeah the, the, everything that uh, you see in the... Everything you see in electric cars to the solar panels to everything. So the, this is the new war. So these are the new uh, mines. So so there are new priorities now, you know? So palladium to platinum and all that shit, you know, the, the precious metals. So... So Africa and some parts of South America. As well, you saw don't forget the, the Middle East the, is still in play when it comes to Iran. Yeah, yeah. They can't so, seem to stop focusing yeah. on Iran for some reason. And I think that's the Israel connection. That's why. 
and Pakistan and Afghanistan and Oman, where we lived, you know, the, the, those yeah. have copper mines. So, yeah, so, so it's the electronic revolution. So now they are moving their numbers to sort of protect their interests in that. So uh, as we know, China is a big um, enemy, like uh, they are a big threat in terms of, you know, because China is investing like fucking crazy tons of money across Africa and Asia for ports and... Uh, yeah, instead, uh, of, uh, instead of troops, there's, uh, they did investments and it's paying off much better and this place can't deal with it. Yeah, so... Uh, that, 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 it's the same that, strategy, that, but they're, they're, they're doing it without the guns. That's the only difference. Yeah, they're, they're doing it without the guns. But once again, you know, because we are the beyond narratives, we are going to be reasonable. Just because they are not using guns doesn't mean that this is good. This is an, uh, you know, a new form of imperialism that we need to not be naive about, you know? So, yeah, so... so well, it, I'm sure it, the Chinese yeah. would say it's our turn now to yeah. be imperialists. Yeah, so, so China is, uh, as I've t- said before, it's a hyper-capitalist nation. It, it is not communist, so if you, if you think that you have some sort of a inherent urge to defend China because they call themselves a communist part of China, please just just look at what they're doing <laughs> and, uh, and how they act. So, yeah, um, so, yeah, this is a new war. This is a new imperial war, and we need to... Uh, you know, learn that uh, it's not about the oil anymore. And that's why if Biden is moving out of uh, Afghanistan or Iraq, he's not really moving out. He's just uh, moving his, uh, uh, moving, moving the numbers, sort of, to speak, to make sure that this particular imperial war continues. And the, the irony is just like, you know, I mean, we had a whole, I mean, we may have talked about this before, but it just keeps coming back is that all of last year, especially on this time, I mean, think about June, July of 2020. Uh, COVID was in a house. I mean, it's still there, but you know, they're trying to uh, make it look like it's not. And um, there was all these protests around the country: police stations burning, looting, all of Manhattan shut down, no stores open, and you know, destruction of CNN offices, people jumping on cop cars, George Floyd protests, you know, social justice, all that stuff. Every single white chick from high school was out uh, running, running around town with everybody else. You know, they'd never done anything like that in their life. So it looked like, it looked like, ev- you know, it, at, for about a second, people thought there was some kind of revolution happening, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And this was against police brutality, right? Yeah. Who would have thought like in June of 2020, all right, we're going to go do this quote unquote revolution. And then in November, we're going to elect fucking architect of this police state. <laughs> it, 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 that that's what fucks with me. We, we know that Biden signed the crime bill. We know that Biden was. I mean, and he still is, right? I mean, let, let's, uh, for uh, one thing that I do sort of uh, uh, think about is that Joe Biden never said uh, defund the police or whatever. He was in fact like, no, we we completely opposed that. So he he was sort of even harsher than Trump in his stand against the police state. I I don't get that whole, I mean, someone's had to, should, before Trump even won the election, some, some, you know, master propagandist or PR consultant firm or something must have known that this guy is such a trigger for so many people. We can get a bunch of heinous shit done, heinous shit done, if we just break everybody's brains and literally have them 
doing what they think Trump is doing. It's what Jimmy Dore always says. People hate Trump because they are Trump, right? They loathe themselves, which is why they hate Trump so much. And it's all the people who don't have a Trump in them that can see Trump coming from a mile away and just go, this is a fucking joke and, and not get so wrapped up in, you know. I, mean, I told you, I met a person who was, who, 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 not just one person, three or four people, and it's usually a Karen-esque white woman, 40 to, 40 to 60, that's shaking in her freaking little, you know, Prada boots, going, oh my God, I, 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 I hate Trump. Him. I hate him. I don't know why, but I hate him. I hate me. And, and I'm just like, you motherfucker was watching The Apprentice just fucking 15 years ago, right? Give me a fucking break. You know, it, I, it just, it's a guy who had no policy, track, or legislative record, nothing, right? Total novice comes in and the first job he gets is the United States president. Somehow is worse than a guy with 50 years of the worst baggage you could have. I mean, this guy never could. He, if it wasn't for Trump and COVID, he would never be president. This guy should thank Trump and COVID for being president, literally. It's it's weird, isn't it? Like when you look at uh, even Apprentice, you know, first first Amrosa was sort of villainized because oh my God, someone yeah, yeah, yeah. she she yeah she she says that someone called her the N word, you know. So she was a, she was an absolute cow. And she probably was. Let, let's not forget. Let's not. Let's not kid ourselves. She is a cow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But but then you know, like for, so, somehow you know, like uh, she, she he would appear uh, in the Oprah Winfrey show with Amrosa, and you know, like and, and, and Trump is such a mastermind of playing this game. And then suddenly you know he hires her for his campaign. You know when he wins the election, and then she becomes like. One of those feared figures, and then turncoat. she goes and then she on gets to, to she, yeah. she becomes a turncoat, right? Yeah, and yeah. She she becomes like she's the one who says that we we have a long memory of people who has fucked us, and and then on, on the inauguration night, she was one of the most feared figures, hated figures in America, and then she comes back six months later saying that you know Trump did this and that. She was the victim again. So it, 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 this is a classic example of how they use identity politics as a weapon just to fuck with you. And it absolutely yeah. stands no merit whatsoever. It's, it's nothing but a joke. All what it is, is just a weapon that's just used against to, uh, people uh, anytime that, you know, you want to <laughs> bring them down. I think, I think like, you know, like I told you, I, I've seen PhDs retweet the fucking squad as late as today afternoon, right? Yeah. And I'm just thinking, like, listen, man, I mean, the the brain-breaking and the propaganda is at its fine. This is the golden age, man. I mean, we thought it was bad, like, 10, 15, 20 years ago. The Bush era seems, like, very simplistic right now, right? Uh, but uh, you had, like, Nicole Wallace. I think Jimmy did a segment, Nicole Wallace, and they were doing all this kind of prop, like, straight up, you know, just, just, just like the war. I mean... And I mean, then you had Oberman come back and he, what was he saying? Oh yeah, Tucker Carlson is a fucking plant of Russia. And he started, uh, he started, he once had a crazy diatribe, Oberman did, where he was uh, self-loathing on his own Slavic heritage. Apparently he's like part Russian or something. And he goes like, I cannot stand being Russian because Russia. <laughs> I mean, what, 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 I, I, I'm, I'm either they're really great actors Oh, they're really crazy, idiotic, out-of-control people. And yet they're just faded as these, you know, and uh, say whatever you want about the right wing. You know what? I still feel like the right wing uh, 
with even with all the insanity that they do, right? Uh, it always seems to be uh, a, a lot. I'm not. I'm not defending them at all. I, I hate that I even have to say that, but uh, it just seems to be more pure, right? Yeah. The democratic yeah. version seems to be an agenda always. It's yeah, never. It, yeah, you know, it's never like what they really believe because they're so wishy-washy. They go back and forth like day and night. It's like, it's like a tape, you know. What right wing is like just one, you know. You you roll around once, and when you come to the left wing or the shit library, it's like three or four times it's rolled around. So they have to justify that and then unjustify it and justify it and unjustify it. And it it is sort of a you do know that it's a lot more thought out level of ingenuity, as opposed to right wing who is just, you know, probably ingenuine just. Once, but I, I, do they even realize? Of ignorance. Yeah, that, do you think the right wing even realizes what a, what a, what a they have become a self-inflicted punching bag and actual weapon that the left, uh, not the left, I mean the shit libs use now. Like they just have, I mean every tweet, everything that these uh, squad Pelosi, all they do is talk about oh the crazy right wing, the Republicans, and Bernie will get on there, and then you'll have even that freaking tiny guy who oh, worked oh, for Clinton. Oh, oh, they're yeah. aware of it. They're aware of it. They're, but I think they also are aware of the fact that it works in their favor because, you know, that that level of uh, they know that the purity is a factor, and when people look at uh, how disingenuous you are, they just know that right wingers for some reason are just just naive while the left wingers are sort of thought out sort of well crafted but you can see that their level of disingenuity is far deeper and and, and there are people who actually look at this objectively and they see it for what it is one is sort of just a, you know a peasant ignorant peasant the other one is sort of a mastermind manipulator and uh, you know they they understand everything but they use it to their advantage to paint a certain picture and they don't like that kind e- even if you look at the popular culture and all you can see that we know that we we don't like that we don't like the shit lips for what they do because they just seem to know better and they just seem to uh, uh, you know like uh, uh, present it in a way that uh, for the optics for the sake of optics because they're sort of these psychological manipulators no one likes that shit you know ev- everyone sympathizes with the simple minded fool so that that so in that way i think uh, what goes on goes for the right wing the right wingers have sort of become aware of this and the and that's a good thing i mean even if you look at uh, what karl marx was saying right back in the day about the proletariat and uh, fuck I'm butchering all the words because I got this curry accent so sorry about that but you know the proletariat and the bourgeoisie and the petty bourgeoisie he saw it right he the the the, the, the shit lips are the petty bourgeoisie and Karl Marx even like fucking centuries ago he saw this coming and and, and kudos to him for actually seeing this coming because he and he he just knows that i mean do you honestly think that all those peasants that he regarded as proletariat or whatever uh, they are people who are woke and just a feminist and all that shit no the he the, the people that he sympathized with were the most ignorant of the peasants who don't think about all that shit you know that those were those were his people 
And in many ways, the people in the right seems to be far more compatible with that view than the people on the left. So what do you want me to say? I mean, that that's just, uh, that's the reality, yeah. yeah. But I don't think Karl Marx uh, ever could have foreseen the immense power of the corporate media propaganda apparatus out here. Like, they literally, like, are, I mean, the biggest, the biggest third rail now is COVID misinformation, right? And no one is saying that misinformation is a good thing, but it's it's suddenly that people are. Forg- I mean, like the whole, not only the Pasaki talking about the text messages being censored, but just the fact that you know if you start giving any kind of alternative theory, even if it's based on fact, you're considered some kind of like space alien who needs to be banished to some Gilligan's Island and never to be heard from again. But the thing is, these very supposed principles that liberals stood for about the free speech and like you know freedom of the press forget about assange they don't even know who he is but uh, it's just that now they've turned it on turned it on its head because they've been able to use this covid issue to just it's literally like you know 1984 follow what government says the radio's blaring the propaganda we have we have people what i, I think the cases are up 100% in the last two weeks over here 400 almost 400 people dead a day 35000 cases when it went down to almost six at one point. And uh, uh, Biden, I mean, Biden's whole thing was like, I'm back, baby, the virus is gone. And now, I don't know, is he going to try and blame Trump for this? Who knows? And I, I actually wanted to pass a theory that I just, you know, pulled out of my ass, but I just figured it, it you know, I, I'm just, again, trying to reach that whole beyond narrative uh, place that most people wouldn't even be at. And I, I constructively thought about that based on our, previous 10 minute discussion of people's brains being broken and i was thinking that you know when people's brains are broken to the point of it's a smashed tomato on the ground they must have they must have you know it, it, it insanity will make people do the craziest of things and i don't think it's beyond the realm of impossibility that this covid thing was created as a way to get rid of trump because yes. he barely won the election even with that happening Right, and well, th- that's what he lost the election on the COVID. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, I'm just saying that he barely yeah. lost it. Yeah, sorry, yeah. he barely yeah. lost it with COVID. Imagine if there was no COVID. I mean, yeah. Biden would have got like nine percent of the vote or something. Because who the hell would vote for Biden if COVID wasn't around? But I'm just thinking like it, because of the lab leak theory, the timing, and the fact that I mean, honestly, I'm I'm not saying Trump did a great job. He's fucking stupid, but. I mean, who? I do you think anyone would have done a good job? At no, all? I, I, I don't think so. I think it was too early to. I think uh, a opposition just used the fact, the fact that they had the time on their hands. So they had, they had. They the, were impeaching they, him. Yeah, two months had, before the shit started. Yeah, they had the luxury of waiting out and looking at the analytics and things afterwards, and then using it to their advantage. So Trump didn't have it because things were unfolding before his eyes, and he didn't know what the fuck this was. I mean, a lot of us didn't. I mean, we saw all these images from I mean, China. he didn't help. He didn't help. He yeah. didn't help the case by being Trump. Yeah. They knew yeah. that would happen too. They knew that he put his Trump spin on things and his ego would slow it up even more than it normally would have been slowed up. I understand that part. Yeah. And that's probably why they went for this this angle. If someone actually did this to, to get rid of him, they would have banked on his ability to be a, like a real asshole and make it about himself even in the... I mean, come on. He was like... For the first two months, he was acting like a total moron. I mean, nobody liked what he was saying or doing, you know? 
Yeah, and you, even in January, like early, late January, Trump did say start, try to ha- impose a travel ban. Uh, right, they hated China. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember they yeah, went so, against him. And, yeah. and everyone hated him for that. He, they saw that it was xenophobia and blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, I've been on their defense. Not that I, I just want to explore both angles. Let's not forget that Trump actually did did not uh, follow through with, with what he said about the travel ban. What he did was he was just trying to, you know, because he knew that people don't want to see immigrants coming to the country, blah, blah, blah. There was a sentiment going on with his base and he was just appealing to that base. It, it, it was never backed up by any sort of real actions. You know what I mean? So so because of that, I, and Democrats kind of saw through that as well. So so th- this was not like any real act. Not, not that Democrats would have reacted any differently if he took real action. That we, let's move that out. But at the same time, we, we just know that Trump was bullshitting when he said that, you know, we are going to have some trouble because he was never going to ban people uh, in, in any sort of substantial uh, act anyway. He was just trying to say he was just saying that to make himself sound good to his base. And there, there lies the difference. You know what I mean? Well, I and, think, uh, I think it, he even put yeah. in a European travel ban after that, right? Uh, yeah, uh, after that, he, he did have some love, but it, it wasn't in a way that it had an impact. And so that that is what I think I have to say on behalf of the Democrats, to, uh, to be honest, because uh, like I know Australia had a travel ban as well, but that travel ban actually worked. <laughs> it's still, you know there's it, still an Australian travel ban. Yeah, yeah, there is. I mean, right now we are on lockdowns again for the for the fourth time in Victoria. We we are experiencing lockdowns because there was a new cluster happening. But uh, I look, I'm not going to go against our state politics for doing this because whatever we do actually work. <laughs> you know, when we have a lockdown, we do contain it. it it's not. A, I mean, I I had a friend a friend from Florida who was telling me that you know. Uh, you know, why are you guys going through all this? Is it uh, because uh, you know you don't have the same policies on vaccines and all that stuff? And and I didn't want to like be you know. But what I thought was you know we don't have the draconian vaccine laws in Australia. No one is forced to take the vaccine and shit like that. With none of that, you take it if you want to. But at the same time, when it comes to lockdowns, yes, we do have lockdowns. But when we do have lockdowns, they work because. We, we contain the virus, we, we bring it back to a manageable level. At the same time, yes, some, some small businesses like restaurants might suffer, but it doesn't suffer, suffer in the way they do in the United States because we don't have lockdowns where everything is mandatory, shut or whatever. You can, you can still use your online apps to deliver your stuff. You can still uh, run your business, but you got to do it in a way that's sensible. There is no black or white law in how these lockdowns work. It's the same with my employer. Right now, the lockdowns, of course, are going to impact courier deliveries and all that stuff. But uh, at the same time, there there is a section of people who buy more during lockdowns as well. So, uh, so, so the good balances the bad. And Australia is one of those countries that seem to have figured out how to do that. I think, uh, unfortunately, I don't think the United States has. They seem to use to well, weaponize. Well, I mean, it's also yeah. a matter of, um, it's also a matter of, like, I think when I look at the Australian death count, I think less than a thousand cases so far. 
if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, and that right? was because the second wave was horribly mismanaged. Second wave could have been so much. It could have been under 500 easily, you know. But that sounds like what happens yeah. here in like an hour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Say second wave they fucked up, but uh, overall I must say that I give. Uh, I applaud Australians for the way they've handled it. I mean, they didn't handle it in a way like New Zealand, which was, I think, a whole different level. That was a conformist stuff. Australia had a more balanced way of handling it, and they managed to do all right. You know, just all things considered. But it could have been uh, a lot less. Yeah, I think, um, what do you call it? Uh, Look at the value for life. Australia, like, you know, an entire city locked down. If one person gets the virus over here, like... If one person dies, like, in an hour, people are not blinking. You know, it's just like, whatever, man. Did something happen? So it's just a matter of, like, it's it's like, I feel like the countries like uh, Europe and Australia, I mean, England seems to have a lot, a lot of cases now. Uh, this Delta variant's flying around, right? There's another variant in India called the Lambda variant. What, I mean, I guess they're just going, creating new names, uh, Alpha, Beta, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah. but the thing is, like, it just, yeah, and... You're coming back to the lockdowns, right? Uh, who did it benefit? The lockdowns benefited one percent. Yeah. Jeff Bezos. Hopefully, his rocket will explode on the on the launch pad. Kidding, <laughs> not kidding. And uh, and sixty uh, percent of U.S. small businesses, which I don't know if you remember that talking point. America is the home of small business. Small business makes the country run. So if sixty percent have gone out of business, don't you think there's going to be an issue? down the road with a massive hit to people. Now, they gave a special status to Amazon and all these big companies like Target, calling them essential businesses, whereas you can open your, keep your restaurant open. You can, I look down the street, every street in New York, check out Lewis Rossman's uh, videos. I think I may have sent you one or two, right? I don't know if I did, where he's bicycling around New York City, showing you every single block that has 10 businesses closed, Nothing going on. Uh, graffiti everywhere in New York City. It's like the 80s all over again, except the gra- graffiti is worse now. Okay. Can I be the bad guy here and throw a bone for Amazon just uh, just to balance things out a little here? I do think, yes, Jeff Bezos doubled his personal wealth during the Amazon time. but And Amazon- don't forget, they let the, the employees got COVID and they didn't give a shit about that either. So yeah. you still have something to say? Amazon did rescue a lot of small businesses from going under during the lockdown period, I believe. And here's how they did it. While, t- but, while taking their cut, though. Don't forget oh, that. Oh, okay. Yeah, they took their cut. But it's better than nothing. There, there were a lot of businesses. For example, okay, I, I will give a more relatable example. Maybe that way people can understand the tangent that I'm going in. Let's say Uber Eats. Or in Australia's case, menu log. All right, these are third-party food delivery apps, and they kept a lot of restaurants from going under because even though you couldn't come in and dine, or you can't walk in and pick up food or whatever, these companies still gave these small restaurant owners a smidgen of chance to stay open and make some sort of revenue during the lockdowns. And and this is what Amazon does with their FBA, the warehousing system. So. For, so let's just say, for example, you are a small-time uh, computer uh, retailer, okay? And you sell laptops and uh, RAM and all that shit to the public. And let's just say lockdown came and you were not able to operate your warehouse in a way 
that you know when when hundred orders come in a day you can uh, employ someone in the warehouse to uh, because lockdowns have those restrictions those companies still had the opportunity to send their stock to amazon and through amazon sell it to the public and stay afloat and, and I, I i don't want to say to give too much information but i just say that i just know from my personal experience that there were many companies who were safe from going out down going under because they had this uh, fulfilled by amazon business structure in place so uh, so I, I i'm just saying that you know like uh, as someone uh, as beyond narratives podcast host that there are two sides to this argument so yes Amazon profited a lot. They made a lot of money, and there were so many other companies who actually. I mean, I, I I hate to say this, but there are companies who are far worse than Amazon in in their reputation of cashing it all in uh, and um, being opportunistic during this time of crisis. And Amazon is not the worst. There there are other companies who made rated far more money completely based on the um based on the COVID uh, uh the you know like the lockdowns and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, so. Uh, and uh, like because for example you look at a lot of the big pharma companies and all and there were people who became billionaires overnight because of <laughs> because of um, yeah, the covid uh, the, yeah the, the doctors crisis. especially yeah. right so yeah so yeah amazon and scientists yeah they, they 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 screw over small business all the time well, for well, example well, 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 let me ask you a question what about what about neighborhoods right i mean like it's all great amazon saves people and stuff like that but yeah. what happens what happens to neighborhoods neighborhoods depend on people doing things like shoe repair you know and uh, whatever else they you know I'm not talking about like uh, convenience stores I'm just talking about everything else that like I used to have a nail threading place a, U- a, a UP- UPS stores out of business on my block man UPS that that thing is like everybody uses that couldn't pay the rent come on if UPS can't pay the rent what chances any anybody else have right yeah uh, so the the issue with those businesses were that This yeah so those businesses went under, uh, under because uh, they value the community feeling and you know like the human to human fair interaction and stuff like that especially things like that uh, unfortunately i just don't know how uh, I, i'm not too sure how how that kind of stuff can be fixed at the moment i mean yeah i mean uh, let's look at the most the one of the biggest victims of uh, the lockdowns were the religious institutions i know you hate um, religion in general and most people on the no, left no i mean i'm do, just an yeah. atheist so but, i have but, no feeling either way yeah exactly but uh, churches can't operate right at the moment so so uh, what are they going to do they have to rely on online streaming and all that stuff but it's not the oh, same yeah. thing the people go to church because they they when they don't go to church people yeah. notice that they are not going to church so it's like you know have you ever seen the movie changeling which angelina well, jolie it. it's, it's based on a tr- it. it's a, it's a true life story of uh, how her kid uh, gets kidnapped by a, a pedophile and um, then uh, like her uh, kid gets kidnapped by a pedophile yeah yeah, yeah. so so, so uh, her kid oh, disappears shit. this is in the 1920s okay, okay. Uh, like so so she oh you mean this uh, is a story of someone whose kid got stolen by a pedophile Yeah yeah but this is a real I thought you meant based, to say, based I thought you were saying ba- Angelina Jolie's kid got stolen. <laughs> no no this is this is a ba- this is based on yeah, a yeah, true yeah. story. Based on a true okay. story yeah I guess. Yeah it. so um her kid disappears but she works for like a telecom communication company or whatever and then 
like uh, the government the police actually concocted a story and they sent a fake kid to her house this is this actually happened so they sent a fake kid uh, just to say that the police is doing their job sort of thing and she's not forced to accept the fact that this kid is her real kid but she notices the things about her kid that this is this is not her kid and when she tried to speak up against it she gets arrested and put in a psych ward and of she course. yeah yeah so so she's a single mother doing it by you know doing well for herself by herself though with her child but in the 1920s and in fact uh, when when she disappears the only people that notice that she's gone is her church and her church has fired censor um, whole uh, you know like a research team or whatever like the, a team of people to find out what goes on to her and, and then they find out that she's been locked up in a loony bin you know and then they release her but but uh, and and this is um, what i'm telling you why i'm bringing this story here is that sometimes for certain people these are the things that matter these the, the fact that they the certain people go to church because they have a community yeah. that and they care about each other and i can relate to this personally because when i go to church actually people actually come and talk to me and they know that i'm a human being they ask me questions and they want to know more about uh, what i do and everything oh, how and quaint Yeah yeah and when I don't come to church they sort of yeah. you know like message me and ask me hey are you okay you know so if if I if I was a guy living by myself to feel like a community I, right yeah yeah so if if I were to have died and rotting away in an apartment they would be the first to know type of thing right. I, not in my case because I got family and I'm incredibly yeah. blessed but there are so I I can understand there are so many people who don't so so That's what I mean, and and the COVID has sort of uh, restricted these people from having these type of communities in many ways. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I was referring to when I say that uh, in many ways COVID uh, is not just impacting small businesses; it's also impacting people from uh, living their lives in a way that that is sacred to them. Yeah. And I I think I as you know I know I know personally people in the situation, COVID has really affected undocumented people in America, people who used to have jobs. Like you know, when I say jobs, like there was a guy uh, I read about in New York Times that he had he used to be a cook and he would cook in restaurants. And as you know, the restaurants all closed. He had to, he had to wait months to get a job as a construction worker. And uh, it's it's a it's it was already it's already a I mean this country really like they 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 profited off genocide, slavery, and now they're profiting off undocumented immigrants, right? Uh, I think they're just a one level below African Americans in the who's getting fucked in this country freaking charts, you know, and uh, it's just it's just uh, they love it. They love it. They'll never solve the immigration. I think I I don't I'm 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 still amazed that Reagan passed <laughs> amnesty back in the 80s. He was such a he was a terrible person, but he did amnesty. I mean, he made 11 million people or whatever it was at that point, all of them legal. And uh, but you do know that the the reason we have this illegal immigration problem is because of NAFTA, right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And that's why I also hear a lot of these black conservatives when they say, "Look, I I don't buy into their whole narrative." But when they say that, you know, during the Jim Crow laws, and not that I'm justifying it by any means, but during that time when black people had to endure Jim Crow shit, black communities were a lot stronger and their businesses were thriving. because they had that community feeling see they that the whole world was their enemy and they had they, the only thing that they had sacred to that they absolutely needed to hang on to was their community and now after what's his what's that guy uh, 
uh, after JFK. What's his name? Uh, um, uh, RFK? Oh, R- LBJ? Uh, LBJ. Okay, so when LGB- yeah. LBJ, his mission was to destroy that feeling of community. You know, so... I think he, you almost said LGB. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the LBJ, the, 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 uh, who, whoever that guy with the box shape. I don't know, he's... His face always yeah, looks like Lyndon a Lyndon Johnson, right? Yeah. <laughs> like SpongeBob. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you, you know what? For all this Vietnam bullshit, his Great yeah. Society thing was still. I don't think anyone would be able to pull it off today. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, his whole mission was to was to. Okay, he said that we want to enable the black people, but he enabled them in a way that uh, they felt like they don't need to rely on their community anymore. So that community thing got destroyed so the black people stopped standing up for you know like looking after each other and started uh, you know like thinking uh, that they made them into these grifters a lot of them you know so I'm but also don't forget that uh, um, MLK actually I mean can you even think about a person uh, I mean in those days the US president would be scared of people like MLK Ralph Nader I mean I mean Nixon passed the EPA man all right freaking Republican right but what I'm trying to say is that uh, MLK did that. MLK made, you know, made this guy scared of him, right? And so he did whatever he did to get the civil rights passed and stuff like that. But uh, you know, it's just that I, I think like, you know, LBJ is such a dichotomy because he ran that illegal war where he killed millions, right? Bomb freaking. I mean, I don't. He didn't bomb Cambodia. I know Nixon did, but it just, you know, it, it's it's always such a such a dichotomy with these presidents, right? But I think. I think he was like the last guy who did anything for this country domestically. After that, it was just been shit from day one. I mean, there's nobody really with any legislative track record about anything being done for this country since domestically since Lyndon B. Johnson. Okay, so I know you gave me a five-minute warning, but before I go, I got to uh, cover a couple of uh, things that are non-political. Actually, completely more political than probably in some ways. Okay, the first thing, we watched the film Insider. What do you think of it? It, it just seems like, uh, you know, something is... It, it, I felt like I was looking at a time capsule. And uh, in a way, because it did have hints of what's going on today like you know especially the part where they were just cover you know not running with the story because they were going to get bought out by somebody else and they were they cared more about their bottom line than actual journalism you know i mean pretty much today's corporate media so it was a good primer into the world we were heading into Absolutely. at that point because at that point i didn't really even realize uh, i mean insider opened the door for me in so many ways in terms of the, how the corporate media because the bigger story is not the big tobacco to me the big tobacco was just a you know boogeyman because we always know that the, you know big tobacco is going to play that role you know you roll it up you smoke it yeah. and you know whatever of, of course uh, it's, it it wasn't as simple as that because the the they try to reveal the process of impact boosting which is which which is revolutionary because when we think of cigarettes we just think of okay you know you smoke tobacco you die you know that's your choice but that's not what these companies do right they actually increase the ammonia in cigarettes in a way that it makes it even more chemically addictive so uh, cigarettes are in a way a drug that is chemically enhanced drug so it's not it's not just it's it's different from alcohol in that way because uh, because uh, we just think that tobacco is addictive but it's not the tobacco it's just the nicotine they chemically add in the cigarettes that makes it additive that kills people 
But at the same time, but I think the biggest twist in the plot is, of course, uh, in terms of uh, how the corporate media, you know, the vested interest in corporate media try to suppress the story. And that, that is the biggest story of that movie. But no, suppression the, uh, is great nowadays, right? Everything's suppressed. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, the movie also reveals you uh, so much other information for, that we were not privy to. For example, at the start of the movie, you see this brilliant shot of them going, uh, you know, he, Al Pacino, blindfolded, going through Lebanon or whatever to meet the Hezbollah leader. And it's, it's a beautiful shot, right? Just the children sitting on the wall, people smoking the Arabic, whatever, and uh, and the, the houses and everything. But it, it, it sells you those, uh, the paragon of investigative journalism, why it is important for you to stay objective and why you need to go against the propaganda in any way. So I think the film... I mean, didn't, didn't, they, didn't CBS actually have someone like that in 2001 interview uh, Al-Qaeda leader, uh, what's his name, Osama bin Laden, in his cave? Like, uh, maybe in 98 or 99 or 2000, maybe even 2001, I forget which year it was, where he interviewed this guy just months before 9-11. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that, that's right. Uh, and and uh, unfortunately today, we only see people like... Glenn Greenwald and Matt Taibbi, who in, engage in this type of long-form investigative journalism now. And you, you and uh, the reason why I bring their name up is because you know that a lot of the people on the left or the neoliberals, uh, they hate these people. They are sort of considered as Russian puppets or, you know, even well, Young goes on to uh, label people like uh, Aaron Mate as uh, oh, puppets yeah. oh, of Oh, my Asa. God, what a buffalo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So you, you know that you only have like literally five or six people, uh, maybe maybe 10, but I don't know all the names uh, that, that that sort of fit into this description uh, of Lowell Bergman from 60 Minutes at that time. But today, they are all villains. They are all Russian puppets, Russian bots, Russian whatever. So that's where they stand. So these people, their days are numbered as well. I mean, I, I, I won't be surprised. One day you get up and see that Matt Taibbi is no longer on Twitter. You know what I mean? So all right, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So it was a great movie. You and I we watched it together. I've been meaning to yep. make you watch it for a while, and uh, yeah. So hats off to Debbie Mazar. I know you have a lot of hots for her. Oh yeah, yeah. Mazar. Oh my god. Yeah. She <laughs> oh like yeah, she's awesome. She looked like somebody else. I mean, she's great. Yeah. Hey, and, uh, I I think she was in a TV. Or she may have been in a TV show in the nineties. I forget which one. I don't know if it was NYPD Blue or something. I know she was in Entourage, uh, right? You said uh, she was in Entourage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, now when I look at Entourage, I can't believe I watched. It's uh, Entourage has aged as badly as The Apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So no, no, even the stars, like who 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 remembers the star? I think Kevin Dillon might be the most famous one out of the lot now. What happened to that main guy who looked like Pete Sampras? I forget his name. Uh. Uh, yeah, the, I know the, the main small guy, guy Kevin Connolly from Party of Five. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He was one of. The, I th- he he was a typical conformist though. I don't think he was a he was a character that was a what uh, you know in journalism we call flat characters and round characters. And he's very yeah, much that's a flat, what he was. Yeah, he was very much yeah. a flat character. You know, like you yeah. know what he's going to do, what he's supposed to do. You There's know who nothing. got cancelled from that show, right? What? Who, Jeremy what? Piven. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he he had some Me Too thing against him, and I mean we've uh, talked we'll talk about it later, I guess. Yeah, but yeah. that whole snake of Me Too, like you know yeah. the co-opted thing, I think they destroyed his career. And uh, and he's a guy who um, has been you know acting since the 80s, I think. He's a he's a 
50 plus year guy. He's almost the same age as John Cusack. He's acted in many movies with John Cusack, who, as you know, has gone total shitlib. You know, he's he's all on board with uh, TYT and everything. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's yeah, been but a real, the, yeah, a real sad thing the, to the, see. But the, the, you you can sort of yeah that that comes to everyone. <laughs> Me too. Shit. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So and before I go, also I think before I want to before we wrap it up. I want to talk a bit about the fact that uh, my son currently is going through a dark night phase, which I'm very proud of. I mean, I'm a so dark glad night phase or dark night rises yeah, phase. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm very proud of the fact that he's totally into dark night uh, trilogy where compared to any other trilogies because it could be far worse, but he's into one of the trilogies that I have a lot to say about, and I'm going to probably uh, uh, shoot a podcast episode with him about the Joker at some point or the other in the coming weeks that. So we've been having this huge argument lately. So he's a huge fan of The Dark Knight. So am I. I mean, how can you... I mean, what's wrong with that movie? But I I have this very controversial argument that Dark Knight Rises is better than The Dark Knight because there's something about Bane that absolutely struck me in the heart. I, I just do think that The Dark Knight Rises as a movie uh, tried to warn us about things that... Uh, unfolded now <laughs> yes so okay the dark knight rises was uh, strongly based on the french revolution but at the same time it also the occupy wall street movement was a huge part of the film but then when you come to uh, 2020 the summer riots and the george flight protest uh, there was something that i noticed about a lot of those protesters from the antifa side that was very uh, the relatable to what the Bain, what Bain was saying yeah, and, and the sort of revolutionaries you saw in that movie because um, and even the Joker with Joaquin Phoenix you know that I just saw that movie and I just saw that that in many ways I, I can't help but feel that the anarchist movement that that's happening right now in the in America and the West is somehow influenced by the Dark Knight Rises and the Joker and uh, I don't think I, I really had the right uh, set of uh, skills to explain this to my son, who is only 13 years old right now. But, I mean, he, he, he is a lot older well, he'll than explain it to you. Like, he, he understands things incredibly well, but I don't think he's right. very politically savvy. So, <laughs> so, uh, so I, I wasn't able to deliver the message in a way that I could convince him. So... Uh, I feel like at the moment, uh, as far as optics are concerned, he's winning the argument that Dark Knight is better than Dark Knight Rises, but I still strongly hold on to the fact that Dark Knight Rises is just better than Dark Knight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, uh, didn't uh, the Dark Knight also have Joseph, Go- Joseph Gordon-Levitt in it? Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. right. He's in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy's been in a lot of good movies. But, 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 uh, but yeah. But Anne Hathaway, come on, even that alone is enough, right? I mean, how hot is she? I mean, not as the Catwoman. I mean, yeah, the Catwoman outfit is a bonus. But yeah. but before the Catwoman, how bonus. she was wearing this funeral uh, black dress with the that yeah. women wear at funerals. She had the pearls and she has she a was, very uh, uh, alluring face, and she's got massive. I, I used to call them bug eyes when I was kind of annoyed with her, but she actually has very nice eyes. I mean, it just takes getting a little used to, but. I think, I mean, you know, they, they were good casting there. She looks a lot like a cat woman would, you know? So oh, oh yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and and the way she plays her character as well, she plays the victim yeah. like in a very fake way. 
when yeah, yeah, the yeah. shooting starts happening she starts crying and like, I remember oh, that I, was great. I hate her for doing that but that's exactly what you expect from a character like that right yeah. and then he, in the end the batman actually uses her like he knows that he she's an absolute flawed character but he knows yeah. that you need people like this to join a movement in order to you know like uh, defeat the greater evil which yeah. which he himself is a part of because he's yeah. Bruce Wayne you know the father of uh, son of Thomas Wayne with the mm. and if you watch a joker movie you can see that Thomas Wayne is not painted in exactly uh, uh, you know like yeah, good light he's just yeah exactly a, he's so a he, complete like you know 1% asshole yeah exactly yeah. I mean, it's such a complex series when you look yeah. at it that way and i think uh, hats off to the batman uh, universe for creating the uh, i think it's safe to say that right now the joker is bigger than batman and they've actually i, I even think that if you, i think the dark knight as well i mean maybe not dark knight but uh well now that i think about it they both did they both had tremendous police presence in them yeah. but i think the marvel universe still has a bunch more of cia mic propaganda yeah. than the dark knight series has yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but I, I, of course uh, that's that's the case unfortunately i can't say no but uh, it is incredible to see that how uh, a villain from this uh, dark knight universe the all the even uh, harley queen she has her own currency now you know yeah. and batman batman is the only series on the planet who has managed to actually create uh, you know characters bigger than, yeah, yeah. Like bigger than batman himself yeah. and uh, they they are you know of course cashing in on it at the same time but but they also have a very important message to say show uh, even joker i mean i know like a lot of people watch joker and say you know they are so triggered by this but let's not forget let's not kid ourselves the, the joker speaks to a, a lot of us in ways that we are not yeah. comfortable expressing <laughs> i mean you know a guy looking at himself in the mirror and laughing at all the shit that happened in his past and how he should have handled tell me that's not real i mean <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of us who reflect on things that happened in our past and wish that we handled it in a better way and we just exactly. start the, you know like turn into a madman thinking about that stuff so yeah, yeah so I mean, especially after 2020 imagine how many, how many people did that right yeah imagine imagine how uh, how many people the joker spoke to that uh, i mean yeah i'm not saying that you should be going All around the people at the capital right <laughs> yeah i'm not saying that you should be going around killing yeah. people because they are awful but whatever yeah. but uh, let's not forget, let's not kid ourselves to see to say that that didn't somehow strike a chord in you you know you watch that hey, you listen, say, yeah i can relate the way that. things are going i mean it's, it's a matter of time before a lot, i mean i uh, i don't know i don't know where we're going but it's it's going to be a, it's it's a rough ride it's going to be much worse going forward i think uh and you know and the with the way mental health is in this country yeah. my god forget about it yeah so anyway on a closing note folks i just want to let you know that if you haven't uh, watched dark knight rises <laughs> you're a fucking idiot <laughs> no, i'm just saying if, if you haven't watched it please do go and watch it yeah. and please forget about the fact that dark knight was a prequel to it uh, somehow try to think of this film as a stand alone film and try to give it credit for it for what it is because i think this is one of those movies that uh, deserves to be a cult film and even though it probably did better than the dark knight in terms of the box office and all i i do kind of get no, the feeling no i don't think it did i i think it did worse oh no it, it did dark over a billion dollars it's, it's yeah, but the, dark it's knight, the dark highest, knight did yeah, five yeah. 
No, Dark Knight did 580 in the U.S. alone. So I I, I know they did, it did more than a billion dollars. This I, one almost came close to beating it, but it did it didn't. Okay, so probably it didn't. Yeah. But so so it's kind of strange to say that a movie that's done uh, so much <laughs> made so much money is an underrated film. But I do think it's an underrated film because I think it deserves its own standalone legacy. That does that doesn't. Uh, you know that means that it shouldn't be staying under the shadow of the dark yeah. man because uh, yeah. this is uh, the bane's character years at the in the end uh, you know that he kind of cucks out to the puppy love but uh, but whatever said and done i think he was a real uh, one of the purest of the pure uh, 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 comic book villains yeah, yeah go hey ahead. don't knock puppy love man it, yeah. it is it is also the purest of the pure yeah, well, he he's not uh, he's not the peer. I think Joker is pure because Joker had no one. Uh, Joker didn't. Uh, Joker had uh, no one was pulling Joker's strings. So uh, yeah, I mean, uh, lately I've been watching a lot of videos of Heath Ledger, and uh, you know, it brings me to tears. This is a guy who protested the two thousand and three Iraq War. I remember living in Australia in two thousand and three. And the mainstream media was villainizing this guy. I can't find any of that information today because, you know, they've managed to wipe. Yeah, because, you know, the big tech is so good at uh, covering up uh, uh, information in a way that the printed media couldn't. But but I remember Heath Ledger was one of the most hated figures in Australia in 2003 for speaking, uh, for protesting for the Iraq war, you know. He was one of the most uh, inconvenient figures, in fact, uh, or annoying figures at the time. Oh, so he did them a favor <laughs> by disappearing because they yeah. must love it now, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh no, they 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 were like, oh my God, Heath Ledger's gone. We love him. Now. Yeah, and then he came. Nobody's in, gone. Yeah, he broke back mountain. Another film. That I think a lot of the reason why, in fact, Heath Ledger people didn't approve Heath Ledger for to be the Joker because they associate uh, the darkness with not being gay or whatever. And when, when he came and broke back mountain as this gay dude, <coughs> they saw that they thought that he was just too weak to play this character of Joker or whatever. So there was a lot of things, reasons why people opposed the Heath Ledger as the Joker in Dark Knight. But once, he, once they saw him, posthumously obviously, they all changed their mind. You know, like today... Mm. Let's not forget that Heath Ledger is probably the greatest Joker ever. Yeah, well, that that yeah. does that. It does a it it sort of pulls the wool over the eyes too. I mean, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve what he did, but there's no way he'd be getting this kind of, um, you know, loading if L A U D if he yeah, was uh, yeah, exactly. alive. But but no he, he 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 he. There, there's so much about the uh, imagery of the Joker that I love. Like like the, the black jacket he wears, you can see the uh, the purple sort of. Uh, tint emanating from yeah. it so it, so it's it's black but then your eyes sort of trick you into believing it's purple you know what i mean it's actually and, purple uh, yeah it is it is purple it is black but it's purple and it yeah. is done in such a brilliant way that it's just yeah. it's just so uh you know he's so scruffy but it's just yeah. so school you know and it's not scruff, scruffy in a way that yeah. you think oh it's disgusting it's like wow that's so pleasing to the eye you know what i mean right, sort right, of right. yeah in a dusty and dainty sort of way so yeah, yeah so he is the most iconic joker and uh, you know uh, he's a great australian and uh, we are all going to miss him man. so i mean uh, well uh, we should so. ask our listeners what they think in the comments let us know if you think it's Heath ledger or shall Fuck we compare him, him to caesar Joaquin Phoenix, or let's yeah. put in Cesar Romero in there from the 60s. 
<laughs> yeah, Caesar Mira is yeah. another yeah. guy, and Jack Nicholson. Uh, and I mean, Jack uh, Nicholson. All, all jokers were great except uh, Jared Leto. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, even though he has his cult, yeah, he has a cult yeah. of his own. So yeah, yeah so yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, so yeah, so yeah. I mean, uh, Heath Ledger, you're a great guy. You're a great actor. We miss you, and uh, yeah. yeah. Cool. So uh, we just want to let our viewers, uh, viewers and listeners know that they can, uh, you should join the conversation with Beyond Narratives on Twitter. Uh, we have Chris on there uh, at Think Is True, and you can find me at Al in Effects A L I N E F X underscore. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, let's let's fake promise next week as well. You know, since we're at it. And um, we'll hopefully. I, I was like super busy this week, but I'm glad I did this. Uh, I'm like on fumes because I slept like two hours all day. So, I mean, I saw all day like the last 24 hours. So, but hopefully we'll we'll be back again and uh, see you guys. We'll talk soon. Yeah, lots of love, guys. Take care.